Look here, Blake, said Charlie Penwin, speaking with much authority. Mrs. Penwin is nervous about the dog. He's your responsibility, mind, and if there's the slightest bit of trouble, he goes. You understand that? Yes, sir, said Blake, looking at the dog, but there won't be no trouble. That's a ridiculous thing to say, remarked Mrs. Penwin sharply, looking up from her note. How can you be sure, Blake? You know how uncertain our stations are. I don't know what Mr. Penwin was thinking about. Blake said nothing. Once again, and for the hundred thousandth time, both the Penwins wished that they could pierce him with needles. It was quite terrible the way that Blake didn't speak when expected to. But then he was so wonderful a chauffeur, so good a driver, so excellent a mechanic, so honest. And Clara, his wife, was an admirable cook. You'd better take the dog with you now, Blake. What's his name? Adam, said Charlie. Adam? What a foolish name for a dog. Now don't disturb Clara with him, Blake. Clara hates to have her kitchen messed up. Blake, without a word, turned and went, the dog following closely at his heels. Yes, Clara hated to have her kitchen messed up. She was standing now, her sleeves rolled up her plump hands and wrists covered with dough. Mopsa, the celium, sat at her side, his eyes glistening with greed, raised to those doughy arms. But at the sight of the Alsatian, he turned instantly and flew at his throat. He was a dog who prided himself on fighting instantly every other dog. With human beings, he was mild and indifferently amiable. Children could do what they would with him. He was exceedingly conceited and cared for no one but himself. He was clever, however, and hid this indifference from many sentimental human beings. Blake, with difficulty, separated the two dogs. The Alsatian behaved quite admirably, simply restraining the celium, and looking up at Blake, saying, I won't let myself go here, although I should like to. I know that you would rather I didn't. The celium, breathing deeply, bore the Alsatian no grudge. He was simply determined that he should have no foothold here. Torrents of words poured from Clara. She had always as much to say as her husband had little. She said the same thing many times over, as though she had an idiot to deal with. She knew that her husband was not an idiot, very far from it, but she had for many years been trying to make some impression on him. Defeated beyond hope, all that she could now do was to resort to old and familiar tactics. What was this great savage dog? Where had he come from? Surely the mistress didn't approve, and she wouldn't have the kitchen messed up, not for anybody. And as Harry, Blake, very well knew, nothing upset her like a dogfight, and if they were going to be perpetual, which knowing Mopsa's character they probably would be, she must just go to Mrs. Penwin and tell her that, sorry though she was, after being with her all these years, she just couldn't stand it and would have to go. For if there was one thing more than another that really upset her, it was a dogfight, and as Harry knew, having her kitchen messed up was a thing that she couldn't stand. She paused and began vehemently to roll her dough. She was short and plump, with fair hair and blue eyes like her husband's. When excited... Little glistening beads of sweat appeared on her forehead. No one in this world knew whether Blake was fond of her or no. Clara Blake, least of all. She wondered perpetually. 
this uncertainty and her cooking were her two principal interests in life. There were times when Blake seemed very fond of her indeed, others when he appeared not to be aware that she existed. All he said now was, the dog won't be no trouble, then went out, the dog at his heels. The Celium thought for a moment that he would follow him, then, with a little sniff of greed, settled himself down again at Clara Blake's feet. The two went out into the thin, misty autumn sunshine, down through the garden into the garage. The Alsatian walked very closely beside Blake, as though some invisible cord held them together. All his life, now two years in length, it had been his instant principle to attach himself to somebody, for in this curious world where he was, not his natural world at all, every breath, every movement, rustle of wind, sound of voices, patter of rain.